I'm very good, thank you very much. It's the start of six weeks off work, so never better. Yourself? <laughs> six weeks off work. Hey, that's not such a bad luck, that teaching luck, is it? It's not so bad in the summer, mate. It's not so bad in the summer. Yeah. Um, okay, well, welcome to Man in the Stand. Uh, thanks very much for uh, for coming on again, Matt, and uh, thanks to listeners for tuning in. Uh what we're going to do, we're going to change it up a little bit this week. We're going to have a look at the 3M Open, um, just have a bit of a review of that, obviously. Um, but uh, both Matt and I have discussed this previously. We really have not a lot of clue about this particular um, golf course uh, for the uh, the Olympic men's um, uh, competition. Uh, so we're going to have a little bit of a, a chat about the actual, um, you know, what we know, obviously, about the, about the course, which is very limited. Both of us are going to put our hands up to that. Uh, and but we're going to have a little bit of a chat about the field and uh, and and a, and a couple of people who we like. So it's going to be a bit more informal in terms of uh, we'll chuck a few names out who, who we who we like and why. Um, but uh, as I say, we're we're both going off um, pretty limited knowledge. But I also want to talk about the Olympics, uh, Olympic golf as an event as well. So um, yeah, so first of all, let's um, let's just have a chat about uh, as we always do um, review the, the week before in the three M Open. Um, Cameron Champ, that that was uh, that sort of came as a bit of a bolt from the blue. What what did you think of that one, Matt? Yeah, I mean, he's amazing when he's on, isn't he? Um, that's undeniable. But, I mean, I just couldn't have backed him. I was surprised how many winning tickets I saw and how many people have put him up, which I never... Yeah, really me expected. too. I-, I was surprised at that as well. Yeah. yeah. The man has not been able to put to save himself all season and just hauled absolutely everything and led the field in strokes game putting. Um, and, I mean... I, you know, I kind of reflected on my process um, as a result of the champ victory, and I was never going to catch champ um, at that. The shortest term I really ever look, apart from anecdotally, was sort of three month period, and over a three month period, he's been dreadful. However, in his last start or two, he'd actually played really well, Tita Green, and just needed the putter to catch up. So I think that is um, predominantly what a lot of tipsters had taken, and then obviously jumped on at a big number. Uh, and I mean, if you back him 125s every time he plays, he'll end up up in the long term with Cam Champ because he tends to, once he's in the mix, he knows how to put it to bed, doesn't he? But I was never yeah. going to back him in a million years. So surprising, but I mean, impressive, right? It was only every time he's really been in the mix, I think he's won. I, I don't recall him being there and fading at all. Um, quite the opposite of my picks this week. So yeah, fair play to him. Um, looks like one similar to a, he's not similar to Bryson because he's nowhere near the same level, but similar in that he has both a, an incredibly high ceiling and an incredibly low floor um, going from missing cut after cut to to romping it really he won quite comfortably in the end having only needed a bogey on the last uh, yes so Cameron Champ what a uh, yeah it was it did seem feel like it was a bolt from the blue but as you quite rightly pointed out Matt it wasn't quite as much as a bolt from the blue as, as what we thought because he was warming into it a little bit in his last couple of performances. I think I sort of stayed off him. Uh, I, I, he didn't even feature for me. I didn't even think about Cameron Champ uh, because he's just been so abject. Um, and that's funny, isn't it, this this game? Because you can, uh, we, you know, we do talk about this a lot, uh, about guys trying to spot that, that, trend that rise in performance from being you know that that guy was absolutely piss poor most of the season couldn't could hardly make a cut was was sending in some awful big numbers uh and and was looking just so completely out of sorts 
um, you knew, you, you know, that he would at some stage probably come back because he's got that, he's got that, he's got a very good game. But uh, yeah, I still, I, 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 I'll put my hands up and say he completely got by me, and and I would never have backed him. But and and like you said, fair juice to the people who cashed on him, and there were a lot. Uh, uh, I um y- yeah I I I didn't I I'm always trying to look for a guy like him, but I just from what it's this year he just stunk up the joint so bad I thought I couldn't never have backed him at this stage anyway. So fair juice to the people who did, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It was a massive price too, only 125s generally. I mean, in yeah. hindsight, it's one of them that you think ah oh, maybe I should just on value play alone. But like you say, I couldn't have touched him in a million years with all that water off the tee. He's been smashing it, but nowhere near accurately. And I think, yeah, for me, I just I couldn't have him. But there you go. Um, yeah, yeah, well, it happens, and 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 as I say, um, well done to the people who did, and uh, this is why, this is why golf betting is so interesting, and and you know, and for pound for pound, you can't get better value in sports betting than golf because if you you know if you catch one right, you can get you know three triple digits, which is which is fantastic. So let's just go back through the rest of the field as well. Louis Eustis and Matt, God, what is this this guy? <laughs> I mean, what does this guy have to do to win a tournament? Um, it's just uh, awful unlucky. And did you see his final shot where he basically lipped out of the hole um, from, what, well, he's maybe 130 yards out or something like that? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it was a cracking approach, wasn't it? Spun it back. And I think it would have made champs, well, it was a bit of a, a journey up 18 he made in the end, wouldn't it? It would have put a lot more pressure on that because he would have been, I know he hit a brilliant approach in the end, but he only needed an approach and two puts. If he needed to get up and down from, what, he was about 100 yards away, wasn't he? It would have made it much more interesting and a bit more pressure. Um, equally, Johnny Vegas left his, his eagle putt just brushed the right-hand side of the hole as well. Yeah. So I think if someone was on 14 under, it would have definitely given Champ something to think about as he uh, yeah he, he went the agricultural route of 18, didn't he? Well, I, 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 based off his tee shot, and then where his second shot was lying in that huge gross of, of, of long grass, I thought, this guy's no-show. I, I, I actually thought he was going to lose the tournament at that stage because I thought he's going to hack this out um, and and it's all going to get a bit much for him and I think he's going to fall into a playoff but not a bar of it the shot he hit um, uh, from the uh, as I say from the fairway uh, was stunning and um, you know I think that's the thing isn't it quality is quality and and uh, you know and actually the commentator said that's his, I think it was Frank Nobolo who said that's his worst part of his game is that there's a sort of iron approaches at the moment statistically so he, yeah. he nailed it and um and fair play to the guy uh, after after what looked like an i mean they, they when he took out his driver they all the commentators said what is this guy doing he doesn't have to do this and they were proved right when he pulled it left into that step behind that stand of trees and that cabbage that he was in you know um straight afterwards though i found it really interesting because i i remember the commentators going a little bit crazy weren't they like why are you not just playing iron off the tee but yeah. in come champs interview afterwards he was like driver's the best club in my bag why wouldn't i hit driver on a par five knowing yeah. that actually the day before worst comes to the worst right he, he hits it right pulls it um sorry pushes it into the water and he actually made five after putting it in the water the day before because he knows mm. if he pushes it right he's mm. so prodigious with his length he's mm. going to get a drop in the fairway or in the semi and be able to knock it what 200 yards is probably a, a six iron for cam champs not even that <laughs> probably less than that and you've got an approach two puts for the five so yeah. I mean, i've got the time for that thinking he's backs himself doesn't he the shot yeah he does yeah he does the and worst he's... possible outcome yeah yeah he's he's 
he's just quality and uh, and 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 well done to him after being in what looks like the golfing abyss for the last least best part of the year um he, you know he rolls back into form and, and wins uh, you know what is that his second or his third PJ third, tour win. third yeah. win um yeah he won i can't remember what he won Did he won a sanderson farms um, yes and, and, uh, i can't remember what the other one was but yeah i mean three wins by he's only a young lad isn't he 26 something like that yeah Joins yeah. a relatively elite bunch. Um, I read a stat, someone on Twitter put it up, that out of the 20-odd the players who have had three wins before the age of 26, about three quarters of them have gone on to win a major. So, I mean, it's, I mean he needs to get some more consistency in his game, I think. But, I mean, it's a, it's a fairly positive stat for the lad. It's not bad. And then and the other stat I saw thrown up on Twitter was Louis Eustazen now. Uh, <laughs> what, what was it now? Um, he is... Uh, it was some. It was it was some sort of dizzying number that he has, um, you know, come. Uh, that he's not, you know, had a PGA Tour win. Um, I, I can't remember what it was, but it was. He's well and away, far and away the highest ranked golfer to not be uh, with a PGA Tour win or something like that. But yeah, it was. Um, yeah, Louis Eustace, and All credit to the guy, though. You know, backs up off a, a fairly heartbreaking performance at the Open Championship. Um, comes, you know, flies back to the states and and pulls in another stellar round, you know, to finish 13 under, uh, five under for the day, two shots behind Cameron Champ and gave himself a chance on the last. Uh, mm-hmm. As you say, Jonathan Vegas, very good as well. He was he was tipped out by quite a few people uh, and he duly obliged and had a good uh, good tournament, t- finished tied second with Louis Eustazen, 13 under and three under on the day. Um, Charles Swartzel, once again, um, he, he, he played well. He's 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 had a good season, considering that he was sort of at the back of the uh, TV for a lot of the uh, a lot of the last sort of year. He sort of had a couple of good finishes this year, and so he finished tied second as well, three under for the day, thirteen under for the tournament. And then my boy Keith Mitchell, who um, I have to make an apology to to listeners here because I I, I didn't tip him up on Man in the Stand, but if you follow me on Twitter, um, I. I tipped him up on my Twitter column uh, because on the net because that afternoon I wrote up my my Twitter column. So it's um, better if you don't follow me on Twitter. It's better at better and better, which is a n um, better one. So better and better one um, is my my Twitter handle and and my column I write for Star Sports. I'm I'm, I'm sure most of you probably listen um, right read it from the viewing figures. I get a lot of reads on that, so I guess that. Um, most of you read it, but if you don't and you just listen to this, I'm sorry. I um, I didn't do any after timing. I just wrote my uh, um, article after the podcast, and on the podcast I hadn't included him, but he was nagging and biting away in my mind. I just thought I got him at a 175 to one. I think with a lot of other bookies, could have actually got him larger than that. And um, I just thought this is wrong for Keith Mitchell. It just doesn't seem right. The uh, uh, price on the course that matches quite quite a lot up to the PGA National, where he won his tournament as Maiden PGA Tour, win, a lot of water and a lot of long sort of drive. Thought this matches up quite well for him. I think I'll, I'll lob him in as well. And so I wrote him up in my article, lobbed him in as my final pick, and uh, and 
and he duly obliged, thank God, uh, for me because, well, thank God for that because the rest of my picks were, were nowhere. Cameron Davis had a good last day. He finished uh, seven under for the tournament with a final round of seven under. Um, I actually thought he was, he, he was started really well and I thought he was going to have a good tournament, but he sort of stuttered halfway through and then came home with a wet sail at the end, but uh, not enough. But Keith Mitchell saved my bacon um, with, a, as, a, as I say, finishing fifth alone at 175 to one. Um, so that's another good result for me. I'm very happy with that. Um, and, uh, and, and thought he, on the Saturday, uh, and as you sent me a message, Matt saying, you know, our boy Keith's going well here, cause I know you got on him as well. And I thought, geez, he looked like he was going to have a 59 there for a minute. Didn't he? After his first nine holes. He certainly did. Yeah. He just about faded after the front nine. Did it understandably? I think both him and Ricky got off to absolute stormers on the front nine on Saturday. Oh, was it Saturday? Yeah, it was Saturday, wasn't it? And then Saturday, fell back yeah. to a certain yeah. degree. I mean, I mean, well done on Keith Mitchell, firstly. I think definitely with that PGA National crossover form. Anyway, it was almost touching 200 to 1, man. I mean, that's that's insane value whenever you get the chance. And with his decent recent performance at, at um, Quail Hollow as well, I think it's a great number. And yeah, fair play um, for adding him. And I think it just demonstrates also, like, if you spot value, say we we sit down, right? We do a bit of research. We talk golf on here. Um, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't add the odd one before the tournament started. If something stands out, I remember something, I hear a stat somewhere. Yeah. It just demonstrates the value of actually why not have backing Keith Mitchell at that price. You're never going to um, go in the poor house, are you? And I think it just shows the value of actually noticing something, adding it on, um, and then reaping the benefits. Um, I think Keith Mitchell, for me, was just an epitome of my golfing week. Um, I backed him, there was a book napping actually, um, after he'd birdied the first three and was on the green nine feet away on the fourth. Um, so I backed him at 250 to one, um, four places. So mm. um, like all good, four places each way shouts, he came fifth. At- <laughs> Johnny Vegas both birdied the uh, birdied the fifth, birdied the eighteenth to give me absolutely zero returns at, uh, on a two hundred and fifty one shot, which is painful um, and just reflects um, the likes of Bo Hogg as well. Finished the last three holes over this weekend. He's played them in six over and missed a place by a single shot. Which yeah, you, you you must be a bit sick about that Bo Hogg because that was a, that was looking that was your, one of your top shouts and that and that was looking like a great shot for about eighty percent of this golf tournament. Maybe ninety percent of the golf tournament, Bohog was looking like a really, really good shout. Uh, yeah, because he was he was any old money either, wasn't he? He was, yeah, he was triple figures. But do you know what? It's I think he is the victim of not having been in that position before because both times, maybe not Sunday, but definitely on Saturday, he played amazingly well. I think it was four under on the front nine, and I think he realised he was in front and he might actually have a chance of winning. And then his irons just absolutely fell apart, and he stopped hauling anything. And equally. Um, on Sunday, he had a really good run and he got to about 12 under, I think. He was one off the lead and then he just realised. And I mean, it is poor to finish the last three holes at, um, at six over par. But I mean, they're not easy holes. It's not a position he's been in before. So it's tricky to to put that much blame on board. Yes, it's infuriating for the better and you have lost out on a decent place return. But I hope he feels like he can come on for that from the experience because actually he played really, really well in spells, more than spells, but like you say, 80% of the tournament and he just was the victim of, oh my God, I think I might win this and then promptly um, shipped a couple that he shouldn't have shipped, but hopefully a learning experience for him. I really like the way he plays golf um, and I can deal with missing a place or two. I just hope he comes on for it because there's definitely a player in him. Yeah, I I, I, I share your... Your, your thoughts on Bo Hogue after watching him this weekend, I, or that last weekend, I thought, okay, this kid's good. Uh, and 
yeah, I, I, I think you were you were unlucky not to have pulled in a really shout at, at as you say at, at triple figures. The rest of the ten uh, top ten in that field as well um, tied six with um, was um, Piera uh, eleven under uh, for the tournament, four under for the final round with ha- Adam Hadwin um, uh, three under for the for the final round. Um, Brian Stewart. Uh, two under for the final round. Um, K. H. Lee, the Korean, two under for the final round. This is a guy I'm going to. I'm putting a ring around. I I think this kid is really quite good. He he, he um he won um a few uh, a few tournaments ago. Okay, the name of which tournament escapes me, but he's had his maiden maiden PGA Tour win, and he won kind of going away. He um he had no fear whatsoever he he stuck stepped stepped on the throats of the rest of the field and and just pulled away so kh lee for me is someone to watch uh, and i'm definitely in my watch list um so uh, and then to ryan, ryan armor as well um rounded out the uh, the top 10 with a 11 under as well so yeah uh as you said the difference between someone like cam champ who Gets the opportunity, sniffs the sniffs the blood in the water, so to speak, and and goes for the kill for the win and gets it. And Bo Hogue, who hits the front and thinks, "Shit, I could actually win this." Um, that's the difference, isn't it? We're between you know a guy who's been there, done it, and Cam Champ, and a guy like Bo Hogue who will do it, but perhaps just gave himself a bit of a, maybe, you know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I also agree about Kirch Lee as well. He's one that I have debated before the start of the week and then regretted. Um, anywhere TPC courses, just look at look out for Kirch Lee at sort of mid to low scoring events on TPCs because, like you say, he won the Byron Nelson, didn't he? Um, and looked yeah. really good, the Byron Nelson too. Byron um, Nelson, that's so, a, yeah, yeah, which was a low scoring event. And then he came T two, if I remember rightly, in Phoenix at uh, yes. TPC Scottsdale. Um, yeah. and that's kind of a very not a similar course to. Um, Twin Cities, but there's plenty of water in play. It's relatively low scoring. You need to make your puts. Like he's definitely one that I'm going to keep an eye on because he's also one the bookies haven't seemed to handicap that badly at the minute. Um, no, change after a, a short finish, but he has got that inconsistent profile. He misses quite a few cuts. Um, he scrapes a few cuts and finishes seventy a bit, but he also has those. Once he's in the in the mix, he seems to really crack on from there. So yeah, definitely a ring around Cage Lee for me too. Yeah, that's actually you, you raised a good point there, Matt. Because it's also sometimes, as as you alluded to before, you know, and I'm sure a lot of listeners do this as well. When you look, you look at someone in running. So if he does make the cut and he's still quite good value, then you know that's always a keep some of your powder dry in, in your in your betting wallet because sometimes uh, you just want to see a guy get through the to the weekend, uh, and if he's Someone like KH Lee can either get, be, you know, sublime to the ridiculous. He can be winning or very up close to it, or, or right out the back door. So, if a guy like that, or you know, a, a golfer who, who who seems like really great odds, who's made the weekend, he's not too far back, and there's still maybe a couple, a few places, four or five places on offer. Uh, that can be uh, some sometimes a time to just drop a, a buck or two on someone. Don't you think? Yeah, there's always opportunity, isn't it? It's just keeping an eye on there. I find there's also more less ricks in the in the bookies boards, but there's more lazy bookies and ones who don't price up quite as accurately as they do pre-tournament. So there's definitely yes. value to be had, especially just like a couple of holes into a round or a couple of holes from the end of the rework once those rounds are finished and set those prices. But yes. I always keep half an eye on Betfair um, at those points and see where the money's going there and then try correlate that with some bookies. And obviously if you if you find a Rick that's too big often they won't pay you out on it. But there there can be ones that are 
slower to balance things up. So yeah, there's always reasonable chance to to grab a long one like we did Keith Mitchell, which didn't work out too badly. Um, obviously didn't pay, but it's one of those that could have paid uh, princely if uh, opportunity presented. Yeah, right. Okay, let's move on to the um, the Olympic Games, and uh, we're in the Olympic Games. Are you enjoying the Olympic Games, Matt? Are you an Olympic Games watcher? Do you watch all the sort of different sports, or uh, are you not? Are you not bothered by it? No, absolutely love it. Um, often it lands in my summer holidays, so there's um, I've got all the time in the world. Um, so yeah, I've been enjoying it. Been enjoying some uh, some diving yesterday, some gymnastics just now. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan of the Olympics. Yeah, me too. I, I love it. Um, now. How do you feel about golf at the Olympic Games? That's a very large question, Craig. Um, I like that it is there. I'm not very keen on the format. Um, And more than that, it's just if this was the Olympics for me, right, should be the best of the best of the best of that sport. This is nowhere near that. I think even just in juxtaposing it with the women's event, a lot of women didn't play in the Evian, so one of their majors. earlier on last week, and now they are playing in this event, um, which just wouldn't be the case if it was men's. And I think um, like Dustin and Cantley and Brooks all say no to the Olympics, um, which is just shouldn't be the case. Can you imagine the best sprinter in the world going, nah, not for me. I'll go for the uh, the world champs instead. So yeah. that part of me, it takes away a little bit of validity for me, um, whereas the women, virtually all the best players in the world are there. Um, yeah, I think... For me, I would absolutely love the Olympics if it was amateur golf. Um, I know that's the case in a couple of other sports, and I think that would be the pinnacle of the amateur game, wouldn't it? It would be an amazing amazing um, possibility. But I think because of the, even though it's not the top in the world, you've still got a lot of elite players, your Marikawas, your Thomases, your Matsuyamas. I think they bring too much publicity to an Olympics for that to ever happen. Um, I've seen some theories and stuff on Twitter about how it would be lovely if it was a team event um, and have like men's and women's teams because they can relatively closely compete on the same course, the same skill. I just don't know. I'm not sure if it was left to me um, as big boss of the IOC what I would want golf to be at the Olympics. I'm just not sure it's this. <laughs> yeah. Here's my thoughts about it. I, it doesn't, I don't, I don't like it. It doesn't sit well with me, uh, golf at the Olympics, because I'll tell you why. You've got athletes who scrimp and save and sacrifice for years and years to get to these Olympics for sometimes 10 seconds, 20 seconds of, of, of work to, you know, to pour their entire lives in, into, you know, uh, a, a gymnastic routine, a, a running race, a swimming race, a, a weightlifting, boxing, wh- whatever. Um, I'm a bit of a bluff old traditionalist. I like I like the Olympic Games for what what I grew up watching and what I and what I like to watch, which is all of those sort of events which you don't get to see much on the TV. And it's great to see them uh, when you're watching athletes, uh, you know, and they and they pour their entire lives into it. Some of these people, and then to have golfers flying there in their private jets to kind of play golf where they could. That week, the week before they'd finished tenth at a tournament and made more money in the in that tournament finishing tenth or fifteenth than these a lot of these athletes make for the entire year. It just doesn't feel right to me. Um, I, I like the amateur ethos of the Olympics. I know a lot of them are basically professionals. I get that, but they but they still 
sacrifice so much in their lives a lot of these people to 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 get to the olympics and to compete and even if they don't win to you know uh to the honor of competing and all of that and then they go back to their lives and start and pick up their lives and some of these people are living with their mum and dads when they're like 30 years old you know because they're putting so much being paid for it they're not very well paid for it and, and all of that sort of stuff and then you've got as i say these guys who make let's be frank in golf you make obscene amounts of money um, and then you're coming to play for a medal, and you're kind of sharing the same stage with these athletes. It just doesn't. I don't like it. Uh, um, it doesn't sit well with me, and that's that's my two cents worth, anyway. You know. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I I see where you're coming from. I think there's just something missing, isn't there, as it stands at the minute? And I think your point is absolutely valid. About I was having a chat with someone the other day about imagine pouring your your life and your soul and training every single day to come 19th in archery. Yeah. Um, and what of the, the the sacrifice and commitment you put that in. And obviously not to do those people a discredit, 19th in the whole world at archery is an amazing feat, right? They've got there. Yeah. I think just to compete at the Olympics is an honour for the vast majority of athletes there. Um, for the likes of the basketballers and the golfers, that's just not the case. Yeah. Um, so I think that's absolutely a valid point. And yeah. for, yeah. Sorry, uh, what you were going to? Sorry, interrupting you. What were you going to say? No, no, not at all. Sorry, carry on. I was going to just ask you. My next question is: So, you're a professional golfer. Would you rather a? a, a, I'm not even going to ask you about a major because I think I know the answer, but I'll throw it across anyway. Olympic gold medal or golfing major? Which one would you rather? I mean, major every time, right? Yeah, of course. I think as a golfer, that well. As a as a golf watcher, I think that you could ask every professional golfer in the world, and I imagine their their answer would be the same. Now I'm going to get a slightly more trickier question: PGA Tour title or Olympic gold medal winner in golf? That's a very good question. Um, I think it would depend on the level of golfer. If I didn't have a PGA Tour title, absolutely a PGA Tour title. Um, it would probably depend depend how high you get up then in the world rankings and the and the odds board. I guess it would depend on which PGA Tour title um, you are offering me. Um, if you're offering me something, at, at I'm Riviera. offering you. I'm offering you something like a John Deere Classic, Matt. <laughs> the fifth major, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, it would depend on which golfer and where you ranked in the world, I'd imagine. Part of me at that point would probably say Olympic gold, just because I'm a, I'm a massive Olympics fan. Now, I mm. don't imagine the the Kevin Kisners of the world are, are such Olympic fans. Maybe I'd do him a disservice. Do you know what I mean? I think, for me, because I love the Olympics, I'd absolutely love an Olympic medal. Um, however, yeah. Yeah. if you are winless on the PGA Tour, think about what that win brings. Not only monetary value, what, a million and a half quid at minimum these days, as well yeah. as your for two years um, yeah. as well as setting you up for for life really yeah 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 it's an interesting question isn't it because you know uh, because you know there's a lot of guys who won't win a pga tour um in their in their professional careers and and, uh, and some of them are in this in this field and if they were standing on the edge of you know having a sensational tournament at the olympics and in the edge of a gold medal you know it, it, it's it's a big honor let's be honest i mean Whoever wins the Olympic gold medal in golf, um, you know, it was Justin Rose last time. I mean, it's a big deal. But um, I just wondered, yeah, if I put a PGA Tour win in front of you or an Olympic gold medal, what would you take? I, I personally, I would be, I would take the PGA Tour title because in that sport, in in our sport, well, not our sport, but in golf, as you said, PGA Tour title and titles, you two 
um, two years on the tour, um, uh, all those gets into you into all the majors, it gets you a million and a half quid, it gets you endorsements and blah, 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 blah. Um, the gold medal is a lovely thing and you can hang it on the mantelpiece and it's all great. Um, but uh, I think it comes back to what I said before. If I won an Olympic gold medal for the 50-kilometer walk and I'd been training all my life for that, that's going to mean a lot more to me than an uh, Olympic gold medal uh, and then I don't win a PGA Tour title and I still have to – and I, I go outside the top 125 and have to qualify again, go back through Q school, you know? Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. In saying all that now um, – Let's just have a look at this Olympic gold, um, Olymp Olympic golf men's golf tournament. So, I'm going to um, give full credit to um, a PGA uh, tout, um, uh, um, PGA tout. He he does a very good article um, uh, every week, um, quite in depth about most of the stuff that he follows in terms of he tips out on golf as well. But he he did a good article on the uh, on the Olympic golf tournament and the course and all of that sort of stuff so i'm gonna you know i'm gonna defer to him in terms of the most of the information i've picked up on this um so it's a it's at the, the tournament's at kasu kasu Magazki country club that again um it's a par 71 7466 yard course zoiza fairways and bent grass greens. Um, the architect was Tom Fazio. It's quite an old course um, in terms of it's been around for, you know, in Jap and in terms of in Japanese um, times, it's been around for um, uh, uh, comparative courses are apparently Firestone Country Club, Shadow Creek, um, Augusta, Congaree, Quail Hollow, uh, the concession uh, got a golf club. So, you know, it, you can see um, why those sort of courses we're talking about what I believe is quite a fairly testing track. Um, it's quite, tr it's a park, parkland course, um, quite tree lined with um, some, some fairly, you know, big old trees. Uh, and we're looking at, so it's not, you know, 7,466, not overly long. It's not overly short. It's about, it's about average, nearly, just nearly topping out at seven and a half thousand yards on the past 71. So it's about sort of PGA tour standard in terms of length and, and, uh, and makeup in terms of the makeup, you've got four par threes, 11 par fours and three par fives. So the only bit of course form on this is that um, won the 2010 Asia Pacific Amateur Championship on this very course. Uh, so that's what, just over 10 years ago. And the only other player in this field that was in that also played quite well, I believe had a top 10 finish, was New Zealand's Ryan Fox. So that's just a little bit of course form there, but I mean you can't really hold much to that. Um, but you can, you know, I mean Hideki Matsuyama. Obviously, this is his home tournament Olympics. He's he's won on this course before, played well. So, you know, he'd have to be a, a, a pretty strong, uh, uh, you know, starter. Um, so, uh, Matt, I'm going to just ask you a, um, what, you know, what do you sort of feel about this course? Uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to, as I said, you, you don't have to give me too much detail because I know none of us have too much detail on it. But um, I guess, who do you like and, and why? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I was interested to look at the course because I don't know a great deal about it other than the figures on the page. And I think what makes it a really interesting course is actually it's quite long, right? It's almost yeah. seven and a half thousand yards yeah um, but it's the makeup of that length that i find fascinating because it's got three it's a par 71 is it yes par 71. 71 yeah um yeah really long par five so your par fives are 640 630 and 590 yards so mm. 
I mean, unless you are the longest in the field, you're not hitting those in two, um, which I think is really interesting. So I think iron play is going to come into it a bit more, being really precise with your wedges. Um, but it's got, also got really long par threes as well. I mean, not to the same extent as the fives, but there's only one under 200 yards. The others are 240, 203 and 217. You've not got those lovely little 155 flick of a wedge par threes like you sometimes get. Um, and then there's some some quite scorable holes. Um, there's some short par fours. I think there's four under 400 yards, which again is going to be about keeping that ball in play and then giving yourself a nice wedge distance in, right? Um, unless you're going to, there's a yeah. couple that you may be able to drive as well. But I just think it'd be interesting for how the, the players approach this. And I think par four scoring is going to be vital as well as those, even though it's a really long course, I think shorter irons to those short par fours and for the third shots on par fives are going to be, really interesting um as well as some longer ones off the tee on the par threes so a relatively interesting course i watched a couple of flyovers um and there seems to be quite it looks like a bit of a classical layout but quite tree-lined but also there's a, a fair amount of bunkers too um so actually one of the first numbers that popped out was Corey connor's however as soon as i saw there's lots of bunkers i put a swift line through that one um because i mean he's about on par with my mate jason Corcrack out of the bunkers unfortunately um yeah. What I read, I was reading some like Olympic transcripts from golfers and things, and um, there was an intro Jana Watanand earlier in the week yep. where yep. he said that the, the the closest corollary course that he could think of was TPC Southwind, um, and that's after he played a couple of practice rounds. So I found that relatively interesting, especially as um, none other than Justin Thomas obviously won TPC Southwind only last year, didn't he? Um, so something to think about. I think it's hard, apart from that, to to decide strictly on corollary courses because you're probably thinking about Fazio designs, classical tree line stuff. Um, but I don't know. You don't know until they play it, do you? So I think it's an interesting one to try and handicap. Now, the problem I've had is that I put a couple of bets on last week before Ram withdrew, before Bryson withdrew. So it means that I've got numbers on some golfers that just aren't available anymore. Some of them are halved. So I couldn't, in in strictest of conscience, um, put those up at like half the price that they were. I'll tell you who they were just for, for the yeah. sake of it and the reasons why I backed them. So yeah. the first one was Rikuyu Hoshino. Um, who plays a lot in Japan, and um, he plays on the Japanese tour for the most part. Now, he finished T26 in the US Open, and um, he qualifies to some of the majors through his play on the Japan start, Japan tour, and I tried to focus on players who actually had some Far East experience, um, and he's actually won two of his last four starts in Japan. Now, obviously, that is... It's in a very different class of golfer, but I took him at 200 to 1, and it's a reduced field anyway. Um, so it's interesting your point earlier about a, a PGA Tour event or, a, or an Olympic medal. It's a lot easier to win this tournament than it is most PGA Tour events because there's far fewer golfers in it. So, yeah, I took Hoshino at 200s for his Far East form, and hopefully he'll be at home where, where many golfers are going to be out of their comfort zone, especially if they've done some recent travelling. Um, the other one I took at a massive price earlier in the week was Jazz Jane Jana Watanand, I believe. 125s on him. He's now 125s. He's been more than halved. And you only have to look at his CV to see his how he should be comfortable in the area. He's won in the last two or three years in Singapore, in Thailand, in Indonesia, and in Korea. Now, he's not won in Japan as of yet. Um, but I think that may just be down to he's not played that many tournaments in Japan, but a winning career and in lots of places in, in Asia suggests that he should be comfortable um, at some of those layouts and he's used to playing all over the world. And at that price, I, I quite like him. Um, now, there is a price still available on him for first round leader. And I've taken a couple of first round leaders, more so than I usually would, 
just because there's 60 players in the field, you've got a way bigger chance of hitting one. And actually, most bookies are still offering six places on the first round lead. So he's still a hundreds for first round lead. And I've taken a bit of that. Um, the golfers that I actually want to back, um, and I'm probably going to only put two up. Um, and the first of those is Hideki. Um, I just think that course experience could be could be really useful and he's not much of a price. But had he not won the Masters, I probably wouldn't. But I think he'll love playing in Japan. Obviously, he is one of the massive stars of the Japan um, Olympic team, despite golf not holding as much importance. He's comfortable here. He's played really well in events at this very course before. Um, he's got a brilliant short game, so the bunkers shouldn't worry him. And he's just been playing good golf this year. So Hideki's one of the ones I would I'd put up. Um, the other is a player who... Um, his price has gone a little bit. Um, I took 66s before the withdrawals. He's got 50s available. It's Siwoo Kim. Um, and there will be a lot of pressure on his shoulders for the whole being exempt from military service, etc. Um, but I read an article that, uh, apart from just the conjecture that sometimes you read on Twitter, had researched it. And actually, he doesn't have to sign up for this military service until he's 35. So there isn't that immediate pressure. But again, he's just been hitting the ball really well. He's really consistent. He's excellent in par four scoring. Um, and the only thing that's holding him back at the minute, or this season anyway, um, he's not been putting well at all. But apart from that, he's got a really consistent game. He's still available at 50s. Um, so I'm going to put him up at 50s, I think. Um, just because I'd rather take 50s about Siwoo Kim than the likes of Patrick Reed, who are like 18 to 1, I think. And it's just been in no sort of form like we talked about last week. So those would probably be the only ones that I'm going to put up. Um, I've taken a couple of first-round leaders on top of Jazz just because there's 60 players in this field and there's some stupid prices around for some players that might be comfy um, in the area. The first is Scott Vincent, who plays a lot in that, that area of the world as well. He's 175 to 1 to lead in the first round with six places. I mean, that's stonking value for me. Um, and an even bigger price, Gavin Green. He of the rocket start sometimes. He had a bit of a reputation um, on the European tour about a year ago, maybe two, where he would just fly out of the blocks and be like five under through the front nine. And he's 200 to one to lead in the first round. Now that comes with a big caveat that he's not been playing good golf this year, but 200 to one to finish in the top six for a place um, in, in a 60 man field. Why not? I'm going to throw a couple of quid at him. So, I mean, that that's pretty much my lot um, for the Olympics. It's very speculative, but there we go. Very good. Okay. Thank you, Matt. Um, I, I only have four I'm going to lo lob in uh, just for an interest. Um, being a proud New Zealander, I cannot not pick Ryan Fox. So he's my first pick. He's 125 to 1 with Star Sports. Uh, I'm just, he, he's played well on this course before. He hits at a country mile. He had a really good British, uh, British Open. He had a very good Open Championship. Uh, and uh, and I'm, uh, I, I just think that's not bad for 125 to 1 for Ryan Fox. And as I say, I just. Be the only Kiwi in the field. Um, yeah, that's a, a bit. but it's also a value bet as well. Um, I think that's good each way money for Ryan Fox. Uh, he's played in this part of the world quite a bit. Hogard currently 125 to one to Star Sports. Um, he's he's a big hitter. Uh, I, I like him in this. I, I like him in this field because because no one's seen it. Not many lot of players have seen this. This particular layout, so he's got as much chance as anyone else. Um, I, I, I just think he's good each way value, um, and so I'm going to have a, a lash with um, Rasmus Hogard at 125 to one. My next one is Christian Bezadenhout. Uh, 
currently 35 to 1 with Star Sports. I just think this guy's just been such a model of consistency this year. And if it's a course where you are going to have to keep it out of the trees and sort of keep it out of trouble um, and steer it round, uh, I think, he, you know, he could be um, a, a good contender to, to steer it around the course and be accurate his driving he's got a great putting game as well and i think um you know he could it could go well uh my last pick is thomas peters now this is a bit of a he's currently 60 to 1 with star sports there are two thomas peters there's the one who comes out and he plays world-class golf and there's the one who comes out and he stinks to join up um i'm hoping that because this is a non-cut event as you alluded to earlier matt this is non-cut so uh, even if he does sort of get out of the traps tardily, um, there's a chance he could come home with a wet sail and, and and do well because Thomas Peters seems to have wildly sort of varying rounds. So this is a bit of a speculator. I am going to be honest. I I don't uh, wouldn't put a hell of a lot of stock in this guy, but um, I just think he's decent each way value, and uh, and I just think he's. He hits it a long way, like um, Hogarth and Ryan Fox and Thomas Peters. As you said earlier, Matt, this is not a short course. There's some fairly long uh, holes here. And, uh, you know, to make advantage of the par fives, um, it might be um, uh, in Peters' wheelhouse, wheelhouse to be able to do that. So, yeah, Ryan Fox, Rasmus Hogarth, Christopher Zayden Hope, and, uh, and Thomas Peters for me. So, um, as I say, it's just more just a, a bit of an interest. I'd be interested to see, you know, how, how it sort of plays out. Um, and, uh, kind of limited field event with no cuts and um let's see who wins the the gold medal in golf absolutely looking forward to it good luck for the week mate yours yeah uh, thanks everyone for listening to man in the stand and we'll talk next week cheers see you later mate bye